It's time for the Daily Stand-Up Podcast presented by Agile Dad with your host, Lee Henson. Without any further ado, let's get started. Hello, everyone. I just got an article that was submitted to me. It's actually an older article. It comes from December of 2021. The author is Gabor Zomak. I hope I didn't kill your name too bad. And the title of the article is Why Committing to Less Story Points Will Increase Your Velocity. Now, for years, I have said less is more. So this is one of the uh, articles someone sent to me. And um, the way it was sent was interesting. The person who submitted it submitted the link to the article, the title of the article, and then the word sanity check, question mark. So I'm guessing that this is going to be a good opportunity for us to review the article together. I'll drop the link in the description and make sure that we... Uh, that we do a sanity check to make sure we're all on the right page and that we're understanding where this is going. Now, he kicks off the article talking about planning poker and sprint planning being tricky areas. I couldn't agree more, and that's why I stay away from planning poker typically. Uh, but we can improve the team velocity a lot by only committing to 80% of the team's capacity. Okay, let's stop here. I don't disagree, but at the same time, when people start talking about capacity and velocity and the differences between the two, capacity for me is the availability of each team member to perform during the course of the sprint. Velocity to me is the number of points a team can execute. So based on that model or metric, I try to stay as far away from time-based estimation as I can. So focusing on capacity kind of concerns me, but let's continue and see where it goes. He says, sadly, no one estimates perfectly. I agree. And with human bias, estimations for story points will become will then become currency. And when a team starts massaging estimates, many things will go wrong. Once again, I agree. I think that many people struggle with trying to put time-based estimates on anything. In fact, time-based estimates are only 17% correct. So we need to get to the point where we're using story points. And he goes on to say story points by definition are estimated and are typically far off. Now, this is because in most cases, people tie the story point estimates to time. And if you do that you're going to find that your estimates are going to be further away from reality than they should be. He goes on to give a quote from Donald Rumsfeld. It's a famous quote, and I love it. He says, because as we know, there are known knowns. There are things we know or we know, and we also know there are known unknowns. That is to say, we know there are some things we do not know. But there are also unknown unknowns, which are the ones we don't know we don't know. Now, Donald Rumsfeld said that. He was a U.S. Secretary of Defense, and it sounds funny when you read it out. But it actually makes sense. So I think he goes on to give an example about a team uh, whose velocity is 22 points. They want to sign up for 21.5 points in a sprint. And um, he shows based on that, hypothetically, they should be able to do this, right? But then he goes on and shows an interesting diagram. This diagram, he calls it score likelihood. And he goes on and shows two axes. One axis looks like it's... Um, the likelihood of finishing the stories that they complete. And the other one's got some decimals going up. And I don't know that I'm familiar with this. It's story point value statistically expected in an ideal estimation pattern. You know, it, it's a pretty chart with lots of colors, but I don't know that I understand everything that's there. Okay. So he goes on to talk about data sets and getting a good curve. And, and, and th that's all well, well taken, well appointed. Right. 
So if you're talking about estimation and you're talking about trying to get it right, you can mathematically try to figure things out and use complex formulas to try to figure out what's going on. Or you can just get your team to figure out how much work they think they can do and commit to one item less. <laughs> that would just typically what I do. Um, you know, I think that many coaches overcomplicate things. Now, his point is you shouldn't overallocate the teams. You should allocate them at 80% of whatever their velocity metric is, in which case I agree. Um, I don't necessarily say 80%. I just say you should always allocate them at less than what they can actually do. Now, his 80-20 rule comes in because he says that if you finish early, there's plenty of other things you can do to make up the extra time, including celebrating. Celebrate the team's success. No, every, nobody wants anybody to be burned out. You know, Celebrate success as a team. Or how about helping others? If you can support or help someone else, you know, not only do they learn from you, but you can learn about what they're doing. So it's a mutual beneficial, a mutually beneficial order, right? Or you can uh, invest in yourself. There's a lot of learning and training activities and things you can do to invest in yourself. He goes on to say pay off technical debt. Now, those of you who know me know that I am a proponent of having a full technical debt sprint. I don't believe in slicing off time to be able to do technical debt, because if you do that, you're never going to pay more than the minimum monthly payment, and you're never going to get ahead. Uh, but you can start preparing for upcoming stories by doing some backlog refinement. There's there are plenty of things you can do, I guess is what it boils down to. And I think that on a surface, as long as we can separate time from story points, and as long as we can say 20% of the team's velocity is dedicated to doing other things, and that those other things may include these other activities, and part of which is just carrying on and pulling in something for the next sprint, which, which I'm totally fine with. I think too often we try to be too prescriptive when it comes to this. And what winds up happening as a result of us being prescriptive is that not only does it annoy teams, but it puts a scenario in place where we're restricting our ability to accelerate. We're restricting our ability to do more units and more points. And if we get to that, if we get to that place, uh, you know, it's going to cause us some grief. So I think in summary, he says, if you can back off of the 100% load, the teams will gain consistency in their estimates. They'll think positively. They won't burn out. They'll have more opportunity to help and cross-pollinate across other teams. They'll be able to improve their own velocity, invest in future items that they're going to work on. They'll definitely become more predictable. They'll be prepared for the unexpected. Uh, they'll make sure they're more successful. And they'll have improved productivity. I can tell you, I think his heart was in the right place. And I think everything that he was saying was accurate. I think that sometimes we get so deep into the center fender, into the charts and into the graphs and into the math that what winds up happening is we forget the simplicity. The beauty of Agile in my eyes is simplicity. And the beauty of less story points or increasing your velocity is that anyone can, anyone can jack up the numbers and make it look like we have double the velocity we have, right? The secret is keeping it simple. If you can keep it simple and you can show, hey, this with a very simple way, this is, this is what the current workload is. This is our max workload. Can we back off one story and still get the work done and then have the opportunity potentially to pull in something additional later if need be and be 100% predictable? And I would argue that that is possible, but I think it's just going to take some time for us to get it all figured out. So uh, teams, as they mature, get this figured out. And, you know, I know it happens, but it's just one of those things where I, I constantly say it's easier to figure out how much work fits in a sprint and back an item out than it is to do a complex math formula with graphing and charts and whatnot. 
So there you have it. So if you have a topic or an article that you want us to review, please send it over. We'd love to do that. Learn more at AgileDad.com. Until next time, stay healthy, stay well, and stay agile, my friends. Do take care.